Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. Sit back and relax and listen to today's message and be blessed. Let's pray, church. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for this day, Lord. We glorify your name. Oh, come on, saints. Let's just give the Lord a praise for his perfect peace. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Hallelujah. He rescued you just in the nick of time. Come on. He turned your sorrow into joy. Come on now. He delivered you. He healed you. He set you free. Come on, when the devil tried to take you out, God came and snatched you up. Come on, where my grateful hearts at this morning? Hallelujah! Glory to God. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. We give you glory. As we break the bread of life this morning, God, we ask that you would speak to us. That you would give us a rhema word, a word in season that would speak to the hearts and minds of your people. As the faces differ, so does the need this morning. Father, don't let us leave here the same way we came today. But let us leave here, oh God, with an impartation knowing that we have heard from heaven this morning, Lord. So God, we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Get your Bibles. Remain standing. We're going to turn to the book of James. Amen. Chapter 1. Hallelujah. We're going to stand for the ring of God's word that is customary for us to do in this house. Amen. St. James, chapter number one. Amen. And when you have it, say amen. And we'll pull it up on the projector if you don't have your Bibles. Amen. Praise the Lord. But if you've been saved for 20 years, you don't have your Bible. Shame on you. Amen. I can understand if you don't know nothing about the Bible, but if you've been saved, pull out that iPhone. You know, today with electronics now, pull out the iPhone and everything. But iPad, Android, amen. I see you, Pastor Torres, over there with the iPad. Amen. Get the word out. Amen. Amen. We're going to read from James chapter 2 to verse number 4. And here begins the ring of God's word. Very simple, familiar portion of Scripture. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know this, that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I'll read that again. Consider it pure joy, my brothers. I'll say sisters too. Amen. When you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking other any, any, anything. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seeing the presence of the Lord. And while you're sitting down, I want you to tell your neighbor, are you dealing with life's pop-ups? All right now. All right. Better question is, how are you dealing with life pop-ups? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're going to talk briefly. I know we spent the hour long. Amen. Amen. I can be long with it. Yes, I admit. Amen. But we're going to kill it today in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to come in. We're going to kill it, split it, and leave. Amen. How many of you need a word from the Lord today? 
Come on, I know some of you might have came because someone invited you, but if you, you need a word from the Lord. You need to hear from him today. And I want to encourage you and, and, and deliver this word that God put on my spirit for you, how to deal with life's pop-ups. Amen. We all face pop-ups from time to time in our life. Just recently, this Friday evening, amen. First of all, I just want to say thank you again to the gatherers for such a wonderful service we had last week. We are still overflowing, amen. Deacon Dolman, they, 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 they hijacked the service from my wife and I last week. We celebrated our 10th wedding anniversary. They did a whole skit of our life and presentations. They just outdid themselves. And so we are still overflowing from the words of encouragement from you guys, and we are forever grateful for that. And um, as we came into this Friday, man, you know every Friday is my wife and I date night. Amen. That's where Pastor's cell phone goes on vibrate. Don't bother him. Call Pastor Edgar unless he's on date night. Then we'll go to Minister Duane. We'll work it all right now. Amen. <laughs> Till we get to Brother Olu. Amen. But it's date night, amen, and date night is, is between my wife and I, amen. And so on date night, amen, Friday night, my wife had got ill all of a, all of a sudden, and we wound up having to go to the emergency room. We were there till about 4 a.m. in the morning, amen, and she just got a little disoriented. She felt a little dizzy, and so the doctors ran tests, and there's like, it could be this, and it could be that, and your heart is just, oh, God. We just had 10 years of marriage. I know you ain't taking my wife from me now, Lord. Now, come on, God. And you see people are literally croaking around you, coughing. I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm the man of faith. I'm the pastor in the community. What am I doing here in this place? And sometimes life would just pop up and things would just begin to happen. By the grace of God, everything, every test came back negative. There's were no issues. And soon she had a good nap and a good sleep. She was up and serving yesterday at the, at the community care, amen, event. So we give God praise for, for just raising her up, amen. Amen. She just needs to get rest. Sometimes she just needs to relax, amen. And so I thank God for that. But there are times when we will experience pop-ups. We will experience problems. We will experience trials. We call them tribulations. We call them trying moments. Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, he said, one thing is certain, and Jesus said it, in this world, you will have trouble. Come on now. That's a promise we don't want to claim, but the word of God said it. Jesus said it. You will have trouble. Just because you're a Christian does not mean that you are exempt from trouble. Does not mean that you are exempt from going through. When you read in the word of God, as you read in the book of Genesis, and you read Exodus, as the Israelites, amen, were held captive by Egypt, and we heard about the different plagues that came. Don't you realize the Israelites went through the plagues with the Egyptians? They had trouble. While God was working out the deliverance, they still had to go through a process. And sometimes when God works out things for you, you still have to go through a process. In this world, you will have trouble. Amen. God often uses trouble in our life to make us become more like him. Uh-huh. See, we, 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 we want to get to the end of the road quickly, but there's a process that we have to do to get there. Amen. Praise the Lord. We will have trouble. There are two tools that God uses to help us to become like him. See, if you're a believer, the reason we're called Christians because we're called little ones like Christ. That's what Christians mean, little anointed ones, little ones who are acting like Jesus. Christians, little Christians, you're supposed to act like Christ. Amen? 
Christ Jr. You're supposed to act like Jesus. You, you look just like Jesus. Look at you. You're just acting like him. Look at you, baby. You get so, you're supposed to act like Jesus. And so often, we will go through different things that help us to become like him. But there are two particular tools that God uses to help us to become like him. All right? The Bible says that we will use, God will use the word of God. The Bible says, um, sanctify them by truth, for your word is truth. That's John 17, 17. God will use the word of God to help you to become more like Jesus. If we want to learn about how to become a Christian, how to walk in his ways, you got to get into the word of God. The word of God will equip you. The word of God will transform you. The word of God will, will revolutionize your life. You got to get into the book. Somebody said, get into the book. Uh-huh, you got to get into the book. If you want to if you, if you live your life, a life that's pleasing to God, you have to find out how to do it. I call the Bible the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. If you want to know how to live a godly life, you have to learn the word of God. That's your book of instructions. That is the manual for living a prosperous life. It's to follow the word of God. God was sanctified through his truth. His word is his truth. That is one of the tools that God uses us to help us to become more like his son, Jesus Christ. And the last thing that God uses to help us to become more like his son Jesus Christ is through the way life happens. Through the way life happens. Amen. I know in my scene I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Amen. But life has its ups and its downs. And today God is teaching us how to deal with life's pop-ups. Amen. James said that we just read in the scripture, consider it pure joy when you fall, it's a diverse temptation. That's what the King James Version says. Consider it pure joy. But how can you be joyful when you're going through so much hell? Because I know what I was going through on Friday. I wasn't praising the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. Woo! She's in the ER. Yeah, God, I wasn't like that. It's just a test. God's going to make a way. Praise the Lord. When we go through trials and troubles, it don't feel good. He said, whenever you face trials, and it says of many kinds, uh-huh, of many kinds. See, we face many types of problems, financial, relational, spiritual, and our marriage, and our home, and our bodies. Trials of many kinds. He said, I want you to count it pure joy. First Peter 4.12 says this. It says, dear friends. This is the Apostle Peter. He said, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through if something strange were happening to you. He said, when stuff's not going haywire, don't be surprised by that stuff. He said, don't, don't, don't be surprised because it's part of the life of a believer. We are not exempt from the world. Now, see, the problem is the world has no hope, but we have hope. That hope is in Jesus. See, the world is turned to alcohol. The world is turned to sex and drugs and violence and all types of stuff to have a momentary high. But I got a high that won't let me come down. I got a joy in my soul that no one can take away. This peace that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can take it away. God is doing something this morning. He's trying to get our attention. Don't be surprised when, when stuff happens. Stop back and go, I'm going through stuff. No, don't be surprised. 
Because we will face trials. It's, it's a promise. You, you, you will have trouble. But I like what Romans said. Romans says, uh, uh, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, it says, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. It says, as it is written for your sake, we face death all day long. We face troubles and trials all day long. Everybody faces all types of issues all day long. We, we are like sheep going to be slaughtered. But he said, knowing all these things, that we are more than conquerors to him who loves us. That means that you're still a conqueror even when you feel like you're lost. That you're still a winner even when you feel like all hell is breaking loose. Even when you feel like you're the lowest of the lowest, God is going to pick you up. God is going to turn you around. God is going to bring transition. God is going to bring deliverance. God is going to bring healing. God is going to bring the breakthrough that you stand in need of. When God doesn't make sense, he said, I still want you to trust me. I still want you to have pure joy. I still want you to pick Pick your neck up. Uh, pick your shoulders up. Uh, square your shoulders back and say, if God be for me, what can be against me? If God be for me. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. You have to talk to yourself. Sometimes you have to look in the mirror and say, self, get it together. God has not left me. God has not forsaken me. God has not turned his back on me. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never allow you to go out there by yourself. He said, I'll be with you to the very ends of the age. Amen. That's the promise that he gives us. He said, Canada, share gift, friends, when tests and challenges come to you from all sides. Because they'll come from all sides. They'll come from places where you, you're like, I don't even know a truck will come from that way. But they'll come at you from all sides. They'll feel like life is ambushing you and all hell is, is, is just breaking loose. But God is the problem. God is the problem solver. He's the one that can get you out of it. Now, here are some problematic facts about problems. Problems, number one. Problems are not elective in life. You can't pass, you, you, can't, you can't just go past that class. It's not an elective. You know, when you're in college, you have electives. That means you can choose to take that particular course, or you can choose to bypass and take something else. Problems are not an elective. You have to take the course, and you have to pass it. Because if you don't pass it, you repeat it, and you repeat it, and you repeat it. And think, about, and think about this course, it goes from kindergarten to first. It's not like you take it one time and it's done. It's something that you'll take for the rest of your life. Problems are not elective in life. Problems are a required course. Problems are unpredictable. <laughs> Problems are unpredictable. We, 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 we don't plan to get a flat tire. You know, I, I, I went to the car Amen. Um, DMV this weekend. I was going for my inspection and I failed my inspection the first time around. I'm like, my car failed. I'm like, now hold on, I take care of my vehicle. Now, what you, what you mean rejected? I had this big old red sticker on my car, kind of felt embarrassed. I'm, I'm the pastor and I'm driving around with a rejected vehicle. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing, Lord. Oh God. And so I, I took it to the dealership and I said, What's going on with this vehicle? He said, Let's run a diagnostic test. And so they, they ran a test. He said, Oh, your gas cap is broken and fumes are coming into the car when you drive. And I realized there were a few times we were driving, we were smelling gasoline. And we didn't realize it because the cap was broken. He said, this is gonna, he said, This could have been very dangerous for you, especially if you sat in your car for long periods of time, which I had. 
And so sometimes God will cover you in a problem. You don't even realize that he's covering you. And so we don't plan for trouble to happen, but it does happen. So we got the car fixed and it passed the test for flying colors. Praise the Lord. Amen. But problems are unpredictable. Problems come in various shapes and sizes. The word diverse, kind of when you, when, you, when you face diverse trials and temptations, it means problems are multicolored. They come in different various degrees. They come real heavy. They come real light. They come real strong. And they come real weak. But problems are going to come. We're going to face troubles. Some of our troubles were in our childhood. Some of our troubles were when we were in college. Some of our troubles will happen later in life. But we will face trouble. We will face problems. We will have issues. Problems will come in different shapes and sizes. There's no way you could ever be bored with a problem. Because they'll always come at you one way or another. But the great news is that problems are not permanent. <laughs> problems have an expiration date. I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. <laughs> you see, it's like when I go and buy a gallon of milk from the store. It says that you have to drink by such and such date before the milk freshness expires. Your problem has an expiration date. That's why you're going through. <laughs> you're not staying. You're going through the trial. You're going through the storm. You're not staying there because he's with you. He's with you. Your problem is not permanent. So there are just four different things I want to give you, and I've got your way this morning. You being blessed, amen? Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, once we understand that problems do have a purpose, see, every problem has a purpose. See, it has a purpose. It has a purpose to make you better. It has a purpose to make you stronger. How would you know that God is a healer if you've never been saved? I can't get no help over here. Let me try over here. How would you know that God is a deliverer if you've never been bound? No, I can't help you. You're not helping me over here. Let me come over in this section. Sister Rhonda, how would you know that, that God is a way maker if you've never been up against the wall? When you go through problems, when you go through trials, it has a purpose to perfect you, to make you better, to make you stronger. Action neighbor, are you getting stronger today? Uh-huh. Are you getting stronger? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life has, problems have a purpose. We can trust God and better handle our pop-ups that come our way when we trust God. Life pop-ups will build up our faith. That's number one. Life pop-ups are meant to build your faith. Because you get to know God in a way that you've never known him before. You get to experience him in a way that you never would have thought you could have experienced him before. So number one, problems. These problems that come, these pop-ups that come, they come to build your faith. Kind of know, Joe, when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the triangle of your faith worketh patience. It's, it's a triangle of your faith. It's a triangle of your belief, of your trust system. See, the problem is some of you go through, you're like, ah, I give up on God. It's just too hard. Just forget it. See, that in double one then. Because he's coming after your faith. What, 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 what did Jesus tell, 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 tell Peter? He said, he said, the devil has come to sift you like wheat. But I pray that your faith 
will remain. He's coming after your faith because faith is your currency. It's your substance. It's the very thing that attracts God to you. It's not money. It's your faith. Many times in the scripture, as you read the gospel, he says, your faith has saved thee. Your faith has healed thee. Your faith has renewed. Because I see the faith in this man. You, you, the centurion, you are a man of faith, of great faith, that you just speak the word and things begin to happen. Your faith. He's after your faith today. So troubles come to make your faith stronger. Because the stronger your faith is, the stronger you believe your God. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's why it says in Ephesians 6, lift up the shield of faith to dodge the fiery darts of the wicked and the wicked one. Put on the whole armor of God that you might stand in the evil day. We have to stand this morning. Yeah, the problems come, the pop-ups come, but they come to, to, to build our faith. James said, know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true color. <laughs> so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. So the problem, we, we get a little, we feel a little heat. Uh-uh, God, get me out here. Uh-uh, it's too hot. I can't take it. It's too hot in there. I can't go. And God is trying to work something out of you. He's trying to get something out of you. Okay, he's trying to build your faith muscles. Huh? No pain in the gym. Oh, God, help me. No gain. <laughs> no pain. No gain. After, after juggling praise for three seconds, I'm like, okay. Like, I'm on. Keep it going. How can you expect to get stronger if you don't press? They got to be oppressing your spirit. There has to be something that compels you to move forward in God. And that's your faith today. And God is after your faith. He wants to cause your faith to become stronger. See, Christians are like tea bags. You see? The, the, see, we, we don't know what's in you till you face trouble. So you all smile before me today and say, Pastor, praise the Lord, hallelujah, Let me step on your toe. Are you going to curse me out? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let, 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 let me cut you off on the highway. What you going to do? You going to slip me a birdie? We're going to see what's really in you when you begin to go through some stuff. Let something happen to your body. You won't show up for church for six months. Why? Because your faith ain't strong. Every little thing begins to turn you off and then distract you and cause you to lose your hope in God. See, I'm looking for a church whose faith is stable. That said, come what hell, come what high water, I'm still going to trust him. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that while I committed to him against that day. I'm going to trust him. We're like tea bags. See, our faith is developed with things don't go as planned. Some of you have your little five-year plan. And you went to college. You got your degree. You want to have your job. And you want to be married. I'm speaking to some ladies now. You want to be married by now. But you're still single. You went to church. You went to the club. But you didn't see nobody. No, none, caught, none caught your eye. So you're still waiting. You still trust. You say, well, maybe if I go and try this, this, this online thing. What's, what's that online thing called, Sister Debbie? Well, well eHarmony. E you won't find the harmony. You find Discord. But anyway, you go find e, go eHarmony. And maybe if I go into a chat room, maybe I can find somebody because, you know, I ain't getting no younger. And my clock is ticking. Everybody's asking me, we ain't going to get mad, girl. We ain't going to get mad. Is it your time yet? Is it time yet? And you get being tempted to go out and do what you want to do. The Bible says, he who finds a wife. <laughs> not a wife who finds a husband I don't know what I'm coming to get to the spirit but I'm going to say it right now he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord tell you that he gets in a wait just a little while longer he's cooking something for you hold on 
Shebo Sata, Yerabo Sa. Hold on! Right? The Holy Ghost say, Hold on! Shandaba Sata, Yerabo. Hey! Lord Jesus, just in the wait, just in the wait, just in the wait. He'll come through the door, just wait. He'll come on your job, just wait. See, we want, we, we want to plan it. We want it to come our way. We want things to happen our way because things will have to go and call into our little plan. God don't care about your little plan. He has a plan. Forget your plan. God, what's your plan for my life? I'm not saying God don't honor your goals and you should have a dream and aspirations. Amen. He puts those desires in you. But there must be a balance. God, what do you want? Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He said, if, this, if I could get past this part, Lord, if this cup could just pass, do I really have to die? I mean, I've been going through a lot of ridicule as it is. They've been threatening me. You got me out of some situations. But do I really have to go through this, this cutting, this beating, ripping my back open? Can we make a deal? Can, can we just try a different way? Do we have to go down like that? That's what he was doing. That's what he was wrestling in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was wrestling. He was wrestling. He was wrestling. And he came to a place. He said, nevertheless, not my will. Okay, forget my plan. All right, forget me. All right. Whatever you want, Lord, I'll do it. And God wants us to get to that place today. Whatever he wants, let him do it. Tell your neighbor, let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Uh -huh. It's not about you anyway. Let him do it. I know you think you all that. It's not about you. Amen. It's about Jesus. That's the problem. You got to twist it. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. So we have to understand that God uses pop-ups to, 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 to build our faith. Number two, God uses pop-ups to produce perseverance. Uh-huh. He wants to give you longevity. He wants you to stretch just a little bit longer. He, he wants you to push just a little bit harder. He wants to increase you. He wants to increase you. He, he wants to make you stronger. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. It, it, he wants you to have staying power. Uh-huh. When stuff begins to blow up against you and the winds of life begin to beat up against you, you're not tossed back against the wall, but you have staying power. That it'll come this way, you just, you just bend it. It'll come this way. It'll just be, but you have staying power. You have perseverance. Nothing's going to take you out. You're like that tree that's planted uh, by the rivers uh, of living water and that you produce fruit and nothing's going to uproot you. Nothing's going to take you out. Nothing's going to take you in. Because God is going to keep you. He wants you to have perseverance. Book of Philippians 3.14 says, I press towards the mark for the prize. Tell your name, I'm going somewhere. Uh-huh, I'm pressing. Uh-huh, I'm going somewhere. Because this is not it where I'm at right now. This is not it. If this is it, then I'm going to just die and go home. This is not it. This is more. There has to be something more. This is not it. I'm pressing towards something. I'm, I'm working. I'm, so you got to work your faith. I'm working my faith towards something. I got to get somewhere. There's a place I need to be. I'm, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God is calling us to be persistent. He's calling us to be perverse. People are calling us to be, um, uh, to have staying power for us to persevere no matter what happens to us. Amen. Third thing, God will use, amen, the pop-ups and the problems that we face to help us to mature. Tell your neighbor, grow up. Uh-huh. No, they didn't, you got the wrong one. They didn't receive that. They got offended. Try somebody else. Say, grow up. Uh-huh. You got to grow up. Amen. You got to grow up. 
Paul said, well, as a child, I spoke like a child. I did childish things. But when I grew up, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Some of you, it's time for you to put away the childish things. It's time for you to grow up. Someone look at you wrong, you, what, you crying and getting upset. Amen. You come to church today and you say, well, I'm in my old church. They just roll their eyes at me. I left. I don't like them. The usher gave me an attitude. The pastor's breath stank. All they want is your money anyway. And you haven't been back to church since. You got to grow up. You got to grow up. These people in, in, in church can't, can't keep you from heaven. You can't let them keep you from heaven. You can't let them take you to hell either. Come on now. You're here for God. You're not here for them. I'm here for God. I'm not here for you. I love you. I'm here to serve you because of my love to God. I'm here because God put me here. And you're here because God put you here. He saw fit to have you here. Amen. So God will use the problems. He will use the issues to cause us to mature, to cause us to grow into that perfect man and woman of God he has called us to be. Problems show us how grown up we are because they reveal our values. <laughs> if you really value something, when you go through hardship, the truth is going to come out. Your core values are going to be exposed. Our values determine how we evaluate the circumstances we find ourselves in. Uh-huh. So if a trouble, if a trial and a situation comes up in our face and in our way, our core values will determine how we handle the situation. Are we just going to give up on God and just throw in our towels and forget it, Lord? Or are we going to really trust him even when we don't understand? Because see, the problem with Christians, we always want to be in the know. We all got to know. I got to know why. No, sometimes we ain't going to know why. Sometimes you won't know why until you get to heaven. There's still a whole bunch of questions I have for God. I'm saying, God, why did that happen when I was six? And why did that happen with this? And why did that happen with that? And I still don't have the answers. I'm a pastor. Some things we just won't know, but we still have to trust God. We still have to have faith. And he will give us the peace to get through it. So we will go through things that will help us to mature. It will reveal what our core values are. If we value comfort more than character, trials will upset us. I'll say that again. If we value comfort more than character, trials, which problems come to upset us. If we value material and the physical more than the spiritual, we won't be able to have joy. Because you'll be pissed off and depressed with a sappy long face. But when you are trusting God, there came a point Friday night. was in a hospital. I said, Lord, I don't understand what's going on. They took a CAT scan. I said, I don't understand. And the doctor's like, I got to leave because I was supposed to be off at 1 o'clock. So when the CAT scan come, the CAT, CAT scan come, but I have to leave. So I said, okay, I got no hope in the doctor now. Okay. The doctor <laughs> gave up. He said, I'm tired. I'm supposed to be off the clock already. I got to go home. I said, but I want to go home too. What you think? And so I said, Lord, we don't understand what's going on. And Daryl, we begin to worship. We just begin to worship. I said, honey, I don't know what's happening, but we're going to worship. I said, we've been through so many different things. And I said, God has caused us to weather every storm. So why would he fail now? I have a resume with God. See, I have a resume that so I went through that trial in 2000, and he brought me out. I went through this trouble in 99, he brought me out. And last year, I went through that, and he brought me out. And when I lost my baby this year, he brought me out. And when I went through this trial, he brought me out. And when we thought we lost our job, he brought me out. Why would he give up now? 
Why would he turn his back now? Why would he turn his back and, and just leave me out there by myself? He wouldn't. Because he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. So we ran to our safe place. We ran to the arms of Jesus. We asked him to wrap us in his arms. I didn't understand what was going on, but I had a peace. We had a peace. And I said, honey, whatever happens, whether the scan comes out negative or positive, he still is God, and we're going to trust him. And we did. And God worked it out. Amen. And if it, even if it didn't come out the way we planned it, God was still worked it out because he's still God. He's still awesome. He's still mighty. He will allow these things to happen to make us stronger. So I'm here standing before you a stronger pastor than I was last week because I went through something. Yeah, I went through something. I didn't stay in the something. See, some of you step into something, you don't go to where. I went through something. He brought me out. And he'll do the same for you. If we value only the past and the present and forget about the future, the trials that come will make us bitter and not better. See, some of you are bitter about the stuff you went through. And God is saying, get rid of your bitterness. Get better. Trials make you better. When you went through something, it'll make you better. It'll make you stronger. Some will just hook up. We just hurt, so angry, so frustrated. If you just allow God to touch you all, he'll take that bitterness out. And he'll make you better because of it. Trust God today. And my last point, I'm closing. Once we understand the problems do have a purpose, we can trust God and, and better handle the pop-ups that come our way. Why? Because life problems help us to be more like Jesus. That's the finished work of the day. That when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we say we're becoming more like Jesus. What would Jesus do? That was a wristband is to have years ago. WWJD. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond to this situation? How would he respond to this circumstance? How would he handle this? But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You know how God gives us patience? And I, I, I tell people, don't ask God to give you patience. Because you, you know how he gives you patience? He tests your patience. Give me patience, Lord. He said, okay. That, and we won't have that. We won't leave that. You're going to have a lot of patience by the time I'm done with you. Be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. He said, but let patience have its perfect work in you. That means that in that season of waiting, there was a time we were waiting like, Lord, I'm waiting for the answer. I'm waiting for the doctor to get back. I'm, I'm waiting for, 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 to hear some type of news. But I'm still waiting and I'm trusting. See, we think waiting is, is, is a non-active word. Waiting is, a, is an active word. When I go to the restaurant, I have a waiter. He's in the distance looking at every move I make. So if I just go like this, he's, you need some water? You need a refill? What do you need? He, he's waiting on me. See, while I'm waiting on the Lord, I, I'm just waiting for any command, any gesture, anything. Lord, you're going to speak about this situation? Are you going to speak about that? I, I, I'm waiting. I, I, I'm in a place ready to take my orders. Whatever happens, God, I, I'll just say yes to you. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. But let patience have its, have its perfect work in you that you may be perfect and complete. As you go through these troubles, he's making you perfect. He's perfecting you. He's making you complete. You're becoming more and more like him every day. Lacking 
nothing. Well, Pastor, I want to have money. I want to be rich. I want to have that. If you let patience have its perfect work, you're lacking nothing. You have all that you need. That's why James says the word perfect and complete means for us to be like Jesus. So he's calling us to count in all joy. Today, God is challenging us, church, to strive to be more like Jesus in your daily Christian walk. This is no easy message. It's no, it's no easy to preach as it is no easier to live. But God is with us today. He covers us today. He comforts us today. Hallelujah. Philippians 4.19 says, So then, those who suffer according to God's will, will, according to God's will, should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. As we go through problems, as we face hardships, as we go through some different multicolored pop-ups that happen in our lives, let's continue to trust God. Let's continue to do good. Let's continue to give our hearts to him. Do you receive that today, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. If this word spoke to you today, you said, Pastor, you was all in my business. No, it wasn't me. It was the Lord because he loves you that much. He's speaking to your heart today. I just want you to stand wherever you are today. And we're going to pray today. Hallelujah. give ourselves away to him today afresh. Say, Lord, help me to count all joy. It doesn't feel joyful when we go through the pain, through the hurt, through the discomfort. But he loves you today. Sing to the Lord. I give myself away. This song is a prayer. Think about what you're saying. I give myself away. So oh. 